You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Tuesday show for you. We got so much to cover in the NFL. Got some gambling trends for you. Another winner for you last night on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll tell you how home teams have done so far against the spread through two weeks, how underdogs are doing through two weeks, how the totals are doing through two weeks. Another sad fantasy story for me. (laughs) And let's talk a little bit about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, shall we? We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, we got to start off with this. Another winner for you last night. Pittsburgh Steelers plus the three. They win it outright, 26-22. I don't know. What a bizarre game. I mean, just turnovers galore, the unfortunate injury to Nick Chubb, who's clearly out for the season. I'm glad they didn't show the highlight, but I guarantee once Mika Fitzpatrick hit him in the knee, that Nick Chubb's left knee probably looked like a bow and arrow. So we didn't need to see that. Good decision by ESPN there. But just such a choppy game. Penalties and turnovers and so many overthrows. I was thinking after the way the Pittsburgh Steelers season ended last year and the way Kenny Pickett came on that he was going to have that like sophomore year rise. Man, he does not look good through two games. Now, granted, he's played two very good defenses in the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. Look, the Pittsburgh Steelers put up 26 points last night, but 14 of them were on defensive scores. Pittsburgh offense really did nothing. They had that one touchdown where George Pickens broke through the middle of the field, and that was it. I mean, they did not do much offensively at all. And look, we've all talked about Deshaun Watson's problems off the field. He does not look like the Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. That was literally an MVP candidate. He has lost his fastball and it's uh, Cleveland's got a good defense and they're good enough and they have decent enough players to where they can maybe hang around and have a, you know, eight and nine season, maybe nine and eight. But the days of Deshaun Watson, being a elite quarterback in the NFL, those days are over. He didn't look good at all last year, and I thought, okay, he didn't get to remember he didn't get to start until game eleven last year because of the suspension. It's like, okay, he had a full off season, full training camp. Let's see what he can do. I I know Pittsburgh's defense is good, but I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson just doesn't seem to have any pocket awareness at all. And the amount of times he threw the ball at somebody's feet or launched it an out pattern 15 yards out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, I hope you don't have Deshaun Watson on any of your fantasy teams because I think he's going to be a mess this year. And Cleveland, I know they were kind of a chic pick for some people to possibly win the AFC North. They're not winning it. Joe Burrow's dealing with a calf injury. Doesn't look like Cincinnati's going to win it, losing the first two games of the season and both of them being divisional games. Is this really going to be a Pittsburgh-Baltimore fight for the AFC North? It very well might be. Last night, uh, yesterday in yesterday's podcast, I told you like situations like last night where you had two Monday Night Football games and both were division home dogs. 
you got to take both of them in that situation. If you needed to force a play, you had to take both of them. I was never going to touch that New Orleans-Carolina game, but I gave you Pittsburgh on Friday. I just thought that they could not start the season 0-2, and, you know, they pulled it out last night. Granted, it was their defense that did it. It certainly wasn't their offense, but we'll take the win. So I felt, you know, if you would have – you know, done it last night, you wouldn't have lost. You would have went 1-0-1. Um, both games, well, one game went under and one game went over. But um, here are some numbers to look at. Uh, well, here, here's one thing that I told you to look at before last week, heading into this past weekend. I said there are three games that jump out where of the two teams that are playing, one of them played great in week one and one of them played poorly in week one. Let's see how those turn out. The three games were Seattle-Detroit, Chicago, Tampa, Pitt, and Cleveland. Let's go to Seattle, Detroit. Seattle looked god-awful at home against the Rams, getting blown out by double digits. And they go out, now have to go on the road to play Detroit, who had extra rest and won Thursday night in Kansas City. What happened? Seattle wins. That's why Seattle was uh, one, my underdog play for the week. The Bears, now, while they did, they looked terrible in week one against Green Bay, Tampa goes on the road and wins at Minnesota. So, clearly, Tampa only laying two and a half points at home against the Bears. That line didn't make any sense. And, yes, Tampa did end up covering. But if you saw the game, the Bears were only down three with the ball left and about with the ball and about four minutes left in the game, and then Justin Fields decides to throw a screen pass to the other team at the two-yard line, just – he sucks. Bears fans, you better hope that your team tanks this year and you get Caleb or Drake May because Justin Fields is not going to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next season. He might not be the quarterback by the end of this season. And then you had the Monday night game. Cleveland looks great at home against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh looks terrible at home last week against San Francisco. Pittsburgh opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It got moved all the way to Cleveland minus two-and-a-half. And what happens? Steelers win the game outright. I mean, this is these are the kind of things you got to look at when it comes to gambling and especially in the NFL. Because most people just look at what happened the week before. Most people, especially when you get into like week 9, you're not like, well, back in week 3 they did this. Everybody just looks at what happened last week. Oh, the Bills looked terrible against the Jets and the Raiders. That's another game you can technically look at even though everyone expected the Bills to be good. But the Bills looked terrible against the Jets on Monday night. And the Raiders win on the road in Denver. It's like, wow, Raiders. And then yet it's a nine-point spread, and they could have made that line 20 points, and Buffalo was still covering. So you gotta you, you got to look at what happened the week before and almost kind of go against it, opposite of what you think, whatever happened. And this, and this is early in the season. Like I said, in week one, you're going to have teams, when you look at week two's games, there's going to be teams that looked great in week one that don't play well in week two and vice versa. And we saw it in four of those in, in three of those four games. Tampa looked good in both weeks, but Seattle looked terrible in week one, looked really good in week two. Pittsburgh looked terrible in week one, went at home in week two. Buffalo looked terrible in week one, blow out the Raiders in week two and vice versa for their opponents. Now, what's been going on gambling wise in the first two weeks of the season? Something you have to keep in mind when it comes to gambling is most things in the end will even out. When you look at all 32 NFL teams, they're against the spread records at the end of the season. 
yeah, at 17 games, yeah, you'll have some teams that maybe go 12 and 5, 13 and 4 against the spread. You might have some teams that go 5 and 12 and 4 and 13 against the spread. But a majority of the NFL teams will be right there in the middle, 9 and 8 against the spread. 8 and 9 against the spread. 10 and 7 against the spread. 7 and 10. Where it's where it's really even. No team is just going to run the table and just cover every game or cover 80% of their games in a season. It just doesn't happen that way. And it's the same thing kind of on a week by week basis. Remember what happened in week one? 12 of the 16 games went under the posted total. What happened yesterday or this week? 16 games in the NFL, 13 of them went over. Only three went under. I mean, (laughs) shit evens out. Now, it doesn't mean next week it's going to go back to all hitting overs. Next week, we might have an even week where it's like nine and seven over-unders or seven and nine over-unders. We just, I'm just saying, usually, and I've followed this for years, usually when there's such an extreme one way, the very next week it kind of regresses back to the norm. And that's exactly what happened. All the unders in week one, 13 overs in week two. I mean, that's what you got to keep in track of. So far already in weeks one and two, basically, home field advantage in the NFL is becoming a moot point. Home teams through 32 games this year in the NFL, home teams are 11, 19, and 2 against the spread. That's not very good last time I checked. That's basically 33%. Underdogs in the NFL. 18, 12, and 2. That's very good. But here's the other thing that you really need to keep an eye on. And this is something that I tell you about every week when you're betting NFL. I know it seems crazy because when you just look at the games without looking at the lines, you think you could just pick all the winners. But it doesn't work that way. In week one, 10 underdogs covered in the NFL and eight of them won outright. What happened in week two? Of the eight underdogs that covered in week two, six of them won outright. That's a huge number. Huge number. 14 out of the 18 underdogs. I told you, dogs are 18, 12, and 2 against the spread in the NFL this year. Of those 18 dogs that have covered, 14 of them didn't even need the points. You just bet them on the money line. Look how much you'd be up. Now, I'm not going to sit here and give out 16 plays. I'm not going to pick every game every weekend for you because that's just stupid. But what I am going to tell you is this. Every weekend in the NFL, if you like an underdog, you got to bet them on the money line. You're losing money by not doing it. Trust me on this. I just read you the stats. Now, it's very extreme. 14 out of 18 is a lot. But 50% on any given weekend of the dogs that cover winning outright, that's more of the norm. I mean, I'm gonna, I told you, I'm going to track this number all year. We're at 14 out of 18, which is absolutely crazy right now. But yeah, just keep that in mind as we go forward. But great, great win for the Steelers last night. That puts me at 6-1 and one for the week in the NFL. After a 2-3 and three first week, now I'm at 8-4 and four in the NFL, 66%. In college, I'm 16, 8, and 1, which is just under 66%. So both college and the NFL doing real well this season. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm telling you this right now. I started my homework 
for college football this weekend. I like so many games. And I don't know how I don't want to give out 12 plays or something ridiculous like that. I'm probably still going to give you, you know, a best bet. I'm going to give you three or four picks. I'm going to give you underdogs and I'm going to give you a three team 10 point teaser. However, this week, I'll probably add on some games that I just like. So I won't count them in my record. I don't care if they go undefeated or if I go over. I'm just going to tell you, I like a lot of games and I like a lot of underdogs. I just think this week we're going to see some movement in the college football world with seven top 25 games. Oh, I cannot wait for this weekend. I hope you're excited too. Now, non-gambling related, let's just look at some of the things uh, when it comes to teams that start out 0-2. And this is always something that people throw out. I don't know why it's just a two-game sample. It's very, It's a very small sample size, especially when a season is 17 games long. However, if you start out 0-2, it is not a good sign that you're making the playoffs in the NFL. You'd think, wow, you have 15 more games left on your slate. You know how much, You know what the percentage of teams that start out 0-2 make the playoffs since 1990? 11%. 31 out of 270 teams that started 0-2 made the playoffs. It happened last year with the Bengals. Remember? They lost at home to Pittsburgh and then went on the road to Dallas and lost their first two games and then ended up, you know, getting better. Joe, Joe Burrow was dealing with appendicitis during the preseason, never played, wasn't practicing with the team. It seems like they're dealing with the same thing this year, except it's an injury. He's got that calf injury, did not play and did not play in the preseason, did not practice during training camp at all. And clearly their offense is missing something right now. Did you see the stat where Joe Burrow was 0 for 11 and passes over 15 yards? The guy can't complete a pass down the field. That's not Joe Burrow. So clearly he's off. They don't even know if he's playing on Monday night. Hell, when that line was released last night, the Rams are playing the Bengals at the Bengals in one of the two Monday night games next week. Eagles are at Tampa Bay in the other one. But Rams at Bengals, when we didn't know that Joe Burrow was hurt, that line was Bengals minus six and a half. You know what the line is now? Bengals minus one. They really don't think he's playing. And if he does, how effective is he going to be? So, man, 31 out of 270 teams, 11% of the NFL teams that start out 0-2 make the playoffs. So you've got teams like, well, I, I don't think anyone expected the Cardinals to make the playoffs or the Panthers or the Bears, but – Bengals 0-2, Broncos 0-2, no one expected the Texans, Chargers 0-2, Vikings 0-2, and those two play each other this weekend. Either the Chargers or the Vikings are starting 0-3 this year. And for that game, you might as well just flip a coin because those are two, th- two teams that can't get out of their own way. The Chargers will do something royally to fuck that game up towards the end. It's just a matter of if Minnesota outfucks <laughs> the Chargers and screws themselves over and loses it. Like It's going to be one of these games where both teams will give away the game to the other team, and I don't know who's going to end up taking it. Maybe the game should just end up in a tie because that's the way those two teams roll. Patriots are 0-2, and yeah, that's it. So um, there are three teams that did win the Super Bowl after starting 0-2. Do you know who they are? You want to impress your friends with this one. Three teams started 0-2 and won the Super Bowl. I knew one of them right off the bat 
because I was in college at the time, and I remember uh, it was my freshman year when I actually went to SMU my freshman year here in Dallas, and I remember the Dallas Cowboys starting 0-2, and it was like the world was coming to an end because they had just won the Super Bowl the year before, and Emmett Smith held out. And they started out 0-2. I believe they lost to the Redskins at the time. That was their name. And then the Lions, I think. But they started out 0-2. And Emmett was holding out. And then he signed on. And they finished 12-4. and They only lost two games the rest of the year. One of them was that crazy-ass Thanksgiving Day game in the sleet uh, where Leon Lett went after the missed field goal, the blocked field goal. That cost them the game. But anyway, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But that was one of them, 93 Cowboys. The 07 Giants, which was uh, Eli's first title, right? Yeah, against the Patriots. And then the 01 Patriots started out 0-2 as well. So there you go. Go and press your friends with that one. But if you are a fan of either of these teams that were – so of these of these 0-2 teams right now, who was in the playoffs last year? The Bengals were? The Vikings were, and that was it. Cardinals, Panthers, Bears, Broncos, Texans, Chargers, Patriots were not. So only two of these teams were in the playoffs last year, but not looking good for them. And the Bengals are in serious trouble, especially if Joe Burrow is out for any significant amount of time with that calf injury. Did you see the picture floating around of Travis Kelsey getting off the plane and Taylor Swift in front of him? Maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't. That picture is Photoshopped. It's fake. So don't buy it that Taylor Swift was getting off the plane with Travis Kelsey in Jacksonville. I I, I figured I didn't need to tell people that, but so many people online fell for it. And I think those are probably people that aren't in tune with football and maybe they were just Swifties because anybody with half a brain would know. First off, Taylor Swift is the most private person in the world when it comes to her personal life. Even when she is dating somebody, she doesn't post very much. And with that said, did you honestly think she was going to be flying on the Kansas city chiefs charter plane? And she's just going to be hanging out with all the boys on the plane. Uh, no, So that's fake. Now, with that said, I do think something is going on between her and Travis Kelsey. I don't think it's anything serious right now because he's in season. I can't imagine he's seeing her too much because he's currently in season for the Kansas City Chiefs and she's on her international tour. So anything going on between them is probably just got each other's phone number. They text, they talk. Maybe they've had private meetups, but I don't think this is anything serious. But I do think it is something. I do think... They are in contact because when she had her concert in Kansas City, Travis Kelsey specifically said, I tried to give her one of the bracelets and it had my number on it and she never took it. And now when he's being asked, is anything going on? Because there's rumors floating around out there that they're possibly seeing each other. He's not saying anything. Well, we already know he would admit if she turned him down. So clearly something's going on between them if he won't just say, no, nothing's happening. And that's due to the fact that it is Taylor. And remember when we talked about Taylor, I guess I talked about this on my daily roundup, but when I talked about Taylor and talking about who she could date, I was like, she has to date an A-plus lister. She cannot date these guys that just aren't as popular as her because her life is so different than theirs, and most of them probably won't be able to handle it and won't be able to understand it. And then I was looking at, well, who are 
people, men in their 30s in Hollywood who are even single, who would even be a candidate to date her. And there weren't many out there. And now that I think about it, I think Travis Kelsey could work. Like if she's going to date somebody, he makes sense. I don't know how serious it was. And I'm not talking about these two are going to get married and have kids or anything like that. But if she's going to have a relationship with somebody, I, he makes sense in that his star value isn't equivalent to hers. Cause really nobody's star value is equivalent to hers, but he knows how to handle fame, you know, because of his job and what he's involved in a two time Super Bowl winner and has walked a lot of red carpets before. And he could ease like, like I could see them showing up to places together. Now, is it a would, would it be a meaningful, long lasting relationship where, you know, they end up having kids together? I that I don't see just because he is still a pro athlete and. You know, I hate to pigeonhole them, but I've seen it with my own two eyes back in the day when I worked in the industry. They're all dogs. And while Taylor Swift is a hell of a catch, Travis Kelsey can get a woman in any city that he goes to. And I just don't know if that's the type of guy that Taylor would want to go for. Just my two cents. But maybe she will. And maybe they'll get married and have kids and, and you know, stay married until one of them dies. But. I highly doubt it, but I can see them having fun and see them going to events together, showing up on red carpets. I can totally see it. Like I was trying to find someone like who in their thirties in Hollywood is single and is at the level to where you could actually see them dating Taylor Swift. And there weren't many. And now that this Travis Kelsey rumors out there, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see it. Can totally see it. But that's just my opinion. A couple other notes in the NFL. I I told you one of the 0-2 teams, obviously, is the Chargers. They play the Minnesota Vikings this week, and, and as I just mentioned, like this game might as well just end in a tie because both of these teams are going to do something to screw it up at the end and give it away to the other team. But Brandon Staley is – he's not going to be long for – he's easily going to be the first coach fired in the NFL this year. There's no doubt in my mind. The Chargers have the worst defense in the league, and they're ranked number four on offense. They're 0-2. They've lost both games by a field goal, right? Didn't they lose to Miami by a field goal? And they lost to Tennessee by a field goal in overtime this past Sunday. And this is just what the Chargers do. They look great on paper. They look great on offense. But as long as Brandon Staley has been there, they just cannot do anything defensively and get a stop when they need to. Let's not forget the 27 nothing lead they blew on the road to Jacksonville in the playoffs last year. Brandon Staley was asked about it in the press conference after the loss to Tennessee on Sunday. He claims it has nothing to do with this year's team, which it doesn't, but it's all about the mindset and it's all about the culture uh, for the L.A. Chargers. And I'm sorry, they just need a culture change because it's not working with Brandon Staley. Do you realize Brandon Staley has 13 losses by one score? 13. This isn't a small sample size. It just goes to show good players, good offense, great quarterback, great young quarterback. Anybody would want to build a team around Justin Herbert. But for whatever reason, culture-wise, it's just not working. When you lose that many one-score games, and what's he been the head coach for? 
two seasons in two games or three seasons in two games? Two seasons in two games. He's 19 and 17 as a head coach. He's 0 and 1 in the playoffs, and that was a playoff game where they led 27 nothing. I mean, they started out 0 and 2 this year. Two games they easily could have won, but you could say that every year about the Chargers. Every year, it's like wow, they're sitting there at three and three. They could easily be five and one or six and zero. We're gonna say that until the end of time. Brandon Staley needs to go. They need a culture change for the Chargers. But wow, thirty six games he's coached in the NFL, and exactly a little over a third of them have been decided by one score, and he's lost them. Thirteen one score losses as head coach. It's it's gonna cost him his job, unfortunately. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Again, I'm not going to tell you people to bet your mortgage on any of the picks that I give you. I'm not going to tell you to bet any paychecks on it. But this is a great start we're off to in college football. 66% in college and 66% in pro. Coming off a 6-1 and one week in the NFL this week. Try and keep it going this weekend. I really like the college card. I haven't really looked at the pro board just yet. But I really like the college card. Um, Of the games I did see in pro, again, I'm going to be on some dogs and probably some dogs that don't seem pretty. Kind of like the Chicago Bears getting 12.5 in Kansas City. I know the Bears are god-awful. But I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs are capable of covering a 12.5-point spread right now because for the first two games of the season, their offense looks off. 20 points and 17 points. Bears defense is, it's okay. It's halfway decent. You know, can the Bears put up, I don't know, 14 points? Can they score 14 to 17 points? That's going to force Kansas City to score almost 30. I don't know if they can do that. So that's a game I'm looking at. I'm not saying it's going to be a play just yet, but there are some NFL games where I saw it, and I'm liking the underdogs, and I like a lot of dogs in college. So tell your friends about it. Like I said, um, we're having a lot of fun here, and hopefully can win you guys some money. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!